Let's Roll. This is Counter Charge, your podcast for ranks, flanks, and kings of war. as they delve into the world of Panathor and bring you worldwide coverage of all things Kings of War. Welcome to Counter Charge. I'm Matt Croger. And I'm Ralph Enough. And Matt, we got the A-team together. Bench players are, are on the bench <laughs> and the stars are on the field. What time there? 2, 2 p.m. in the afternoon. So Alex is probably having a nap. You know, I don't know what. Don't know what Jeremy's doing. So. <laughs> For sure. Jeremy's probably still uh, working on his laptop, you know? <laughs> Trying so, to get it booted up. He's had bad luck with some some computers, so. They're not built to last, these things, unfortunately. You know, not unless you're careful no, with them. No, mm. What about you? You been uh, hobbying? Well, I'm about to get a lot more hobbying in because I'm the only member of my family without COVID at the moment. My brand new gigantic resin printer just came. Um, oh, my gosh. But it's, but it's at work. So I'm going to be at, we were meant to be going away for five days. So I'm now going to be home for five days. So I'm going to duck into work before I become COVID positive, <laughs> remove the printer, <laughs> bring it home and get it working. And then I'll take it back to work because I've just, uh, I've just leased uh, an extra room at work where I'm going to store the two printers. And so I've got them on hand all the time. Hardcore, <laughs> man. That's what we call hardcore. <laughs> like not only did you buy new printers, you leased space. <laughs> to store and operate the printers. <laughs> Correct. It takes a bit of fiddling and I just struggle to get time at home with, you know, the two kids under three. So where they were stored before, because it's not just me that bought them, there's there's three of us that bought it together. He wasn't getting as much time to to play with it and the shed where it's stored gets a bit bit cold in winter, a bit hot in summer. So uh, You got to be careful, right? Mm. I assume like mm. it's like sensitive equipment that if it gets out of range from a temperature or humidity standpoint, might screw up the ability to print. Yeah, yeah, he's been getting heaps, heaps of failed prints, and there's no other reason that it should be other than other than it's been cold. Yeah, I've got a nice little temperature-controlled room now that I can go into, and as I've said before, I, I primarily do more bits and pieces rather than models. Yeah. yeah, I need to get the I need to get the stuff for my halflings cranking out to put on the multi bases. Yeah, I think for me that's the real the real cool part about the resin printing. I think is like, oh, I, I want a different shield, or I want to add some bits to the basing. Mm. My good friend Matt here in town. Uh, who's doing an EOD army following like uh, Luke APS's recipe. Luke APS, I guess a year ago, did like a one-page rules Empire of Dust army. And mm-hmm. Matt's following along in terms of how he based it. And he took, basically got some uh, 3D printed obelisks. And uh, yep. he basically made handles for all of his units. It's, it's totally cool. Like, you don't have to touch the models. You can, and I, I'm I'm a big fan of that now. Put them, put put a handle on your base. Uh, it'll, yeah, yeah. It, it's... Mm. I Delicious. love that. I've got a, I've got that on a not all of them, but a few of my um, shibboard dwarves, like big dwarvic raw and bits, and you can just pick it up by there. Oh god, it's good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Your hobby's going to be printing, but what are you actually printing? Just bits, or you have uh, army? For, and for, well, what, what I'll start with is, I mean, one of the, no, no, no. So mantic halflings, um, but then I've got printable scenery. I've back, I backed their halfling Kickstarter, which did have some models, but I won't print the models. It'll, it's just going to be like they've got. Uh, they're, they're kind of their style of half halflings is a little bit. Um, who are the who are the 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 peoples of a uh, of the UK that like moved around all the time? You know that that would like would have carts that you basically live in. Oh, so, like gypsies or something? Yeah, or yeah, yeah, yeah. Gypsy esque. You know, mm-hmm. so that they've got these little cart type things that are their shops, and so mm-hmm. I'm going to have a bunch of those and and put them on those and. 
Um, they've got their own tree forts and things. So actually, I tell you, they're a little bit more like the hobbits of. We won't go down this Robert rabbit hole too much, but in the in the rings of power or the not hobbits, should I say? Mm. The, har- the, the Harfoots? The I can't even remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so they're a bit uh, more like that. Yeah. They're a bit more forest dwelling, right? So um, yeah. Did, so, they, did they wear I'm big gonna... giant antlers, big big moose antlers on their back? That was not in it, but you never know. Okay, you never know. Well, maybe that's like I was just wondering. Like that could be like a satellite dish for like medieval times or something. I'm not sure. Yeah, maybe yeah. it helps. <laughs> maybe it helps channel the magic. I'm not sure. Well, it should help them tell wind direction because they get spun around, right? Well, like a wind vane <laughs> yeah, on top exactly. of a, a windmill or something <laughs> on top yeah. of an actual hobbit. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's funny. Nothing like an event to like really like. All right, let's go. <laughs> it's go time. I finally got to use my new wound counters on Wednesday. So that was awesome. The little uh, plastic pieces. I love them. They're awesome. I still stand mm. by what I said. They're injection molded. Yeah, uh, I looked them up and they're, they're, they're obviously like compared to something that's resin printed, which you've had some unfortunate experience with recently. They're very, <laughs> they're, they, they look very resilient. I, like I think I could step on them. So I did that and then I finally broke down and the fanatics were done, but I had to have the leader. So I, I painted a leader. Now, thankfully, I have a lot of half. I have halflings for days. So I painted this guy up. He's got this book and he's there's like these worms or cthulhu thing coming out of the book. And have you ever painted a model and you get done? Wow, that looks like hot garbage. Have you, has that ever happened? And I was like, this is like the first time in a long time where I literally canned it. I was like, yeah, it's going to the yeah, bin. Wow. And I grabbed the exact same model, brand new one. And I started over. Sometimes you just screw up. Could, you pick, don't could you pick up what you didn't like about it? The eyes were terrible. I've got a few different ways to do eyes. My, my favorite way, and this is this is this is these are called Rob's cheap eyes, which is mm. uh, you just paint the whole eye socket black, mm. and you just put a dot of white on the left and the and the right in the socket. That's it. Mm. You don't really define the eye. When you look at the model, you let your eyes trick yourself. Oh, yeah, it's an eye. No, it's not an eye. It's a black oval with two white dots on the left and the right. Mm. And that's what I did on this model. But this guy is supposed to be like up front and center. It yeah. didn't really look great. So then I actually went through and did it the normal way where you you basically paint the eye socket white or the mm. eye white. And then you paint a black line. And this is from Dr. Faust's painting clinic, if you want to see it mm. or where, where I got it from. You paint a black line up and down vertically through the eye. And then you go back and you clean it up and then mm. that's it. And, and the second time around, it was like, okay, I nailed it. I don't know about you, but like, I am my worst critic. If I have any doubt, I'm going to start over. Or I'm going to repaint it. Yeah. I like, so, I like my way of doing eyes, uh, which is don't do them. You just wash them, wa- wash it <laughs> yeah, with right flesh and get, then fill get, it get, in. Get wash into the eye sock- sockets, you know? <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. No, honestly, from three feet away, you can't tell anyways, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but um, I see what you mean. When you got someone standing out, that that might be something. I'm not the level of hobbyist that goes and no, it's not that's not completely true, but like I don't I wouldn't go and research the best way to do something, right? But if I've got something to watch where someone's told me like that, I'll have a look and I'll be like, Oh yeah, I'll probably have a crack at that on the model. I can paint by numbers. Like if you show me how to yep. do something, I can usually follow along. And Dr. Faust, who uh, used to be at Brookers Hobbies in Southern California when when I was coming up playing Warhammer back in the late nineties, early two thousands, super nice guy, great painter. I, I like his videos because they're very accessible. It's not like some of the heavy metal stuff where they're like unpainted model. And then you're like two pictures later, it's like golden demon. It's like, yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> come on, man. I, I need to see how you actually apply. And to be fair, he's the person that taught me how to paint flesh. Like he, he's got a video on flesh. That's just, it's mint. I mean, it's the greatest thing. That's why I used to really love when they used to release an army for Warhammer, like in the latter days of, of eighth, you know how they had, when they did a new army, they'd release the painting book. 
Do you remember that? So I had yeah. it, um, mm-hmm. so I had it for for Wood Elves, and it, but back when I was getting back into it, I was exactly the same, like paint by numbers. I was like, okay, this mm-hmm. is next stage. This is the next color. This is what I do. Awesome. You mimic other people that you that you that you like, and you emulate their style. Eventually, you actually develop good practice, good brush control. Uh, one day, you wake up, and you're like, hey, I'm not a bad painter. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. I can actually paint this a little bit. The other thing I painted, I painted up a, a stone giant. I I have a bear from Atlantis Miniatures that I've been using for a giant. He was based on a fifty. Even made him like a special base to slide in to make him seventy five. But let's be honest, he's not a giant. He's a bear. He's not a giant. <laughs> so I needed like this centerpiece model. This this model is gonna is gonna dip me because of the scale. He's like five inches tall, four and a half inches tall compared to all these little halflings. He's gonna he's gonna definitely pop. People walk up. That'll probably be what the, they, they notice first. So got him all painted. I still have to work on the basing. Took some magic sculpt. Basically made, made some rock formation with some struts and stuff. Some like wood pillars. Made a handle. Right At the end of the day, you got to have a handle. So that's where to go. And you mentioned it. I, 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 my dragon. So I was going to paint this dragon. And I, I primed it with, with my normal primer. Brylon all-purpose primer. I don't know what's going on. But like it, it was still a little, a little tacky. Right, like it was tacky still, like two days later. I'm like, okay, so I don't know, maybe this resin is just a little bit different. It happens. So then Did I you went clean over the resin. Yeah, I mean I washed, scrubbed it, soaked it the yeah, whole nine right. yards. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so then I went back and said, Well, I'll just hit it with some army painter, right? Like, you know, I'll just go over. And I did that. And then I was doing it like in a trash can just to avoid this overspray. And I shut mm-hmm. the trash can, but I had my like four time magnification glasses on, so I didn't realize how close I was to the model. <laughs> Boom! Right on top of the right, <laughs> little right on the, the dragon's wing, and it went sting. And I was like, so I last night I fiddled with it for like twenty minutes, and I finally said, you know what? This is someone's way of saying this is not the model I'm supposed to paint. <laughs> uh, at least not now. Fortunately, hindsight being what it is, I, I had bought a, uh, a a manticore from Atlantis Miniatures. So, like, I already had something in the bag that I could probably use. So, I got that out this morning as I was on some conference calls. I started cleaning him up. So, we'll see. What I'm trying to decide now, it's going to be a white lion, a white manticore. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> is it going to be a teal mane or am I going auburn mane? Teal would make it fit in better with the rest of the army because it's mostly mm. white and teal. And auburn's the pop color. But then I thought, mm. well, maybe to make him stand out more, it's an auburn mane, right? And, and like, that's going to be like, well, that's I like the idea of the be- the bigger contrast. Between the between the skin and the mane, I think Auburn gives you a bigger contrast and will right. pop even more. Yeah, it's a yeah. warm it's a, it's a warm color versus a cool color, right? So yeah, uh, you know, I think that's probably what I'm going to go with, and then maybe, maybe I'll do teal on the armor. He's got like scales on mm. his back. Where's so. the manticore from? Atlantis Miniatures. Oh right, uh, it's they're also now Atlantis. They, Atlantis. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, they're now called Blue Giant Studios, and they're mm. really moving over to 3D printed models. So what's cool about it is. They have a lot of STL files, which is where the dragon came from. And in yeah, fact, right. I should mention their their second Kickstarter for dragons is just out now, or it's just oh, started it? live. And their dragons are killer. The dragon I have is great. It's just like I said, it just broke the damn wing. Uh, but yeah, if you haven't checked out their dragons, do it. You, you're missing out. They have the most unique dragons, other than maybe Creature Caster. Their dragons are really, really killer. And they make a ton of them. I, I just had this thought about circling back to the the A team. Hopefully, our um our listener, who I'm not sure who it was, who attributed that whole uh, whole episode of mine about how to cut back armies to to you, can tell the difference between our voices tonight, mate. 
<laughs> that's funny you know when yeah. he said that i was like wow I, I was like i didn't know i sounded like an australian but uh, i'll take the compliment you know i'd love to have that accent <laughs> but uh <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah that was some fun stuff every once in a while something like that happens you're like huh that's that's mm. that's pretty funny yeah. well i still have a lot to paint i've got to paint a chariot that they, that's a free part to your army i still need to do a display board i'm like so i'm like i'm running out of time i got three weeks to go so these next three weeks what are you going to do be- for the chariot so I, I scratch built a chariot using basically wood bits from Goblin Town, the plastic Goblin Town kit. It's cool. I don't know. It's like again, sometimes you just like you make something and you're like, does it really fit? Does it really work with the aesthetic of the army? So I may end up just this is where 3D printing may come in. I may just find a uh, uh just a big cart with a horse and a big keg on the back, right? Just a simple like beer beer cart because that would fit in with the army. And, I, and for those who know, I have a unit of knights called uh, the Knights of the Drunken Ram. Yep. They were originally going to yep. be like Knights of the Drunken Shoe, but then I was like, oh, I'll just call it the Drunken Ram because literally they're, that's the arm, that's the that's the magic artifact they've got. And they're literally coming out of the the, t- the tavern. And there's a there's a bartender like waving them goodbye and there's a couple patrons hanging outside drinking while they're riding away. So I figured, you know, that would be kind of cool. Look, I am very pragmatic. I thought about it. I said, well, you know, if, if it's a wooden cart, it's all wood. We're mm. talking dry brushing here. And by the way, Manticore, going to be easier to paint than this dragon. The dragon, feathers. Manticore, <laughs> fur. Even though it'll still take me a long time to do it, those griffin wings took me, ooh, I, I don't want to talk about it. It was ridiculous. And so the fact that this is fur is also going to be a saving thing. So I don't know. If anybody has a cool 3D model or has seen a cool 3D model for basically like a giant keg, or a giant beer cart that would just that would be halfling ish, you know. Well, these are half men, right? I'm playing a team mm-hmm. men, but like, I yeah, mean, I can see that like a chariot you're pulling around. That's that's the inspiration, you know. If only it had rally, right? Like, because that would be that would be awesome, right? This thing is the refreshments to the army, right? Hey, yeah. You guys want to fight? We got you covered. Because my only thought is you could have done like uh, you could have lent into the fanatics and had some sort of effigy on the back of a cart. You know that that is ready to, and you're going to burn the car at the end. I have no intention of ever playing a chariot in the list. Mm. So my original idea was, I'm I made a chariot, well chariot. I made a wagon, and it was one of those wagons that have the arm. I don't know what they're called, war wagons, where the sides yep. pop up and there's holes for gunners to shoot through. Mm-hmm. And the, and mm-hmm. then what I was going to do was I was going to take this and drop it into a, a base that made the base bigger, the full size, make a regiment of handgunners, basically. Where they're mm-hmm. standing in this thing shooting out, but like I said, I'm like, ah, that's a lot of work, man. Sometimes I yeah. I have big plans, and I and then sometimes the the reality sinks in. And the pragmatic side go, yeah, that's a cool idea, but let's maybe do something a little bit less time consuming. <laughs> you know, yeah. let's rein it in yeah. a little bit because I so yeah, like yeah. I said, I still have to do a display board. Ugh. Do you know what? Do you know what that um Kickstarter's called? I'm just having a look at it. Oh, here we go. Uh, funded in one hour on their web, web page, World of Dragons 2. I'm going to search for that. I gotcha. That's what it is, World of Dragons. And I don't know if you noticed, they have a Luke Fellows model. There's a Luke Fellows dwarf berserker. Oh, yeah, that's cool. 5K mm-hmm. unlocked. Yep, that's awesome. You, you could see someone like like because I think Luke, when he was first getting into it and doing battle reports, had an all-berserker army from memory when I remember Correct. looking at his mm-hmm. channel. Yep. You could see him printing a whole army of these of himself. <laughs> I think it's awesome. Yeah, I think yeah. it's super, super, super cool. Uh, so uh, we'll just roll into a couple of announcements. So I just want to put a shout out for, and uh, so Mother of All Battles, which is the Sydney Gaming Convention, 
which is the first Sydney two-day event in a long time, is coming up Moab. in October. Moab, that's right. And uh, yep, yeah. there's only a few spots left. So we ended up having our spots limited because of because it's a convention uh, and some of the other systems are quite popular. So last count, I think there are about six tickets left. It's worth getting on board that. And then the, the only other announcement is uh, let's get on board our hobby challenge. You know, it's we've got to uh, we've got to get that fired up, and you know, Ronnie's agreed to give us some prizes. We are working on it, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we're working on it. I have been painting like a mad person, not my lizardman army, but what I'm planning to do is as soon as Michigan GC, I've got my army done. I'm I'm all in on lizardman. I am ready to roll. I'm I'm starting to like I got my mojo back for the lizardman as well. So I'm I'm excited, to, and I can't wait to see what everybody's painting. I, I love it when people post pictures working process you know finished picks whatever yeah yeah and yeah michigan gt coming up september 30th through october 2nd you know hope to see you there if you're on the fence you're like oh i've never been to a gt before dm me on facebook let's chat Th- this event in particular last year was a great time and i will say i played some of the most competitive people on the planet i mean i played uh donnie uh from from minnesota he's he's you know pretty hardcore and shannon shoemaker and mark taylor had a great time like literally one of the best tournaments i've ever had in my life even though uh you know it was it was it, you know you, you you could argue that it was competitive but like it, it was a lot of fun uh and the spirit of the thing is detroit's the motor yeah. city you get like this free chariot that lets you have some special abilities and it's just cool you know and that, that chariot will play into some of the scenarios so blake schrode and, and michael carter did a great job last year Looking forward to it. I hope you, or if you're in the area and you're thinking about it, let me persuade you. With that, let's jump into a quick commercial break on the other side. We have we have a list, man. We have a lot of stuff to talk about, Matt. And only the A-team could handle these topics. Let's do it. Hey, this is Luke from Luke's APS listening to Countercharge. Welcome back. And now we're going to slide into one of our main topics for today. And that is this, uh, you might have seen it on the interwebs, this concept of invitational tournaments for Kings of War. And we're going to... And we're going to discuss, you know, what what they're about. Uh, you know, do we need them? Do we not? Are they bad? Are they good? Uh, and these, of course, are just our thoughts. And so we're going to give them to you because this is our podcast. So, Rob, I'm going to hit you with the question straight up. Do we need invitationals? Uh, no. The answer is no. You don't need invitationals. Do you see any place for them? Well, I mean, you know, if somebody said, are they a bad thing? I don't think they're inherently bad. There is a place for them. We have one, a major one. It's called the U.S. Mm. Masters, right? Like U.S. Yeah. Masters is an invitational. Uh, you have to qualify on one of eight regions across the U.S. The difference is, is that I think uh, in in that scenario, the invitation is based on objective qualification, quantitative data. It's a little less subjective, so you avoid some of the feel bads. But you know, mm. I, do we need them? No, not really. You know, and and are they bad? I, I don't think they're necessarily bad. You can you can run invitationals just fine. Um, I, I guess I would say they're unnecessary, right? That's what I would say. Mm. I don't see the need for a promoted invitational. You can have a games day with right. your mates, right? And and with a, with a bunch of people that you specifically invite, right? And which is which is fine. I've run essentially what a tournament days for my mates, you know, and we just invite who comes around and we have 12 guys and we play three or four rounds. And I guess that's technically an invitational. And, you know, I can see for parts of the community, that is, that is not a bad thing, right? It's, it's not bad. Does it promote growth? Maybe not so much. It probably promotes it with your own specific little group of friends, right? I'm, I'm not convinced it promotes growth overall, um, but I don't think they're a bad thing. But to me, if you're going to run an invitational, what is the point in 
promotion, right? I just, I just, yeah, you know, because at that point, it's not an invitational. You're asking people to apply to be invited. Yeah, exactly. And that's yeah. that's an applicational. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> Change the words. You know, and, and I think you know why are we talking about this? I, I think. We're really talking about it because we've had some contentious discussions. You know, that's not an, that's not an uncommon thing on fanatics. But you know, I think I think the blowback on this is that some of the discussions may may have some people coming away with like a false sense of what's going on in the community or or false perception. You know, to your point, I, I do think that that you know, as described, it, it can artificially limit you know the participation, um, and 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 it could stymie, stymie the growth of our game, which are two things we don't really need. We're already a small niche within a niche within a niche. We need to be open arms, welcoming, and, and all that. But you know, th- going back to this this online discussion, you know, I think one of the takeaways that that could have come from the, if 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 you were fortunate enough or or crazy enough to to really dive in and, and follow this discussion or this thread uh, is that you know the takeaway might be that imitationals are required to keep out this unsavory element. You know, to protect the innocent from the over-aggressive players, these tournament players that are ruining the game and, 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 and you know, and protect us from the cheaters. I, I'm being a little sarcastic and a little over the top there. I, I don't think people really come away with that with that impression because I think, you know, I, I've been playing Kings of War competitively for over 10 years and that narrative doesn't exist. Maybe a perception some people have, but that's not reality. No, and there's you no know? doubt, though, that in some of that language recently that has come up, that was the vibe. Right. right, it might, it, it might yeah. not have been as direct as that, but that was the vibe. And at that point, I think you have to recognise that that is the vibe. And if you're not willing to understand that at all, then you're either silly or you're a troll. You know, when when you when you are suggesting that, well, you you come to an invitational and you you know we'll provide you with the dice because if we don't, there's the risk of cheating. That's yeah. that's saying something against a big portion of the community. You know, whether you yeah. whether you whether you like to. In- engage with that community or not well and let's be, let's be frank we as a community we have had one instance of documented cheating right it happened at the u.s Masters yeah. in new yeah. york i'm not gonna i'm not gonna name shame him but he was cheating like he was yeah. literally using dice with with symbols on ones and sixes in a way to cheat mm-hmm. so I, I'm, I'm not naive to say it never happens but what i'm saying is it's not pervasive it's not it's not the norm it's no. you know you know and, and i really think if you really feel that way like if you really feel that is the way the scene is scene is, you got some repressed memories, man. Because and, and maybe you didn't see a shrink. That's one extreme take, right? But just at a basic level, you know, there's another takeaway here, which is people are going to equate invitationals to gatekeeping, right, wrong, or indifferent. You know, it's hard to argue that you know gatekeeping, even if you are, you have the lightest touch. It, its very nature is it's an invitational, which is going to by its very nature, exclude folks. You know, regardless of what arbitrary conditions you set, you are excluding some and 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 taking others. That's the last thing we need in our community is to is to get labeled as gatekeepers, right? Like, like there's a lot of brought up in any game system anyway, right? You know, exactly. You, you you don't want to be you don't want to be encouraging that further. Exactly. And then, if you do do it. Right, particularly if you're promoting it, right? Which I which I don't believe an invitational should be promoted, as I said, because I don't think it's an invitational at that point. An applicational. Yeah, we're gonna make that applicational. Yeah, yeah, an application. So it's an applicational. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you got to be very careful about who you let in, right? Because yeah. if there's a poor experience in that, then case in point, we had an invitational recently, <laughs> a bad sports vote that should not happen, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Poor application. Exactly. <laughs> so what I want to do is I want us to channel our inner Jeremy. 
I want to get us Ooh. into a growth mindset. So we, we had this okay. potential negative discussion, but we're going to reframe it. We're going to turn it around. And we're going to make this no positive thing. Where I would start is it's fine if you want to have what what's in theory is an invitational. That's fine. But be more specific or more explicit about the purpose. At the end of the day, you want to have an event where everyone is coming to that event with the same expectation, right? Mm-hmm. What and I and I really think like the people that do that do run invitations, that's what they want, anyways. Like may, maybe they want like, hey, we don't want to bring the beat stick lists. We want to make it a more casual. That's all fine. Just make sure you explain the purpose of your event so that everyone everyone has the same understanding. And I think if you do that, I think it. I think here's the key thing. I think it puts the burdens on the players rather mm. than the to. It's about having folks opt in rather than having TOs filter out, right? Yeah. If, you, if, if you're saying this is what our expectations are for the event, people that agree with that go, yeah, I like that idea. I'm opting in. It's a positive thing. I'm joining your ranks. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 it, and if you want it to, if you want to make sure all your buddies come, well, then you release it to them first. Exactly. Yeah. Be inclusive, right? Be inclusive mm. rather than exclusive. That solves most of your problem. And people are like, well, how do you do it? Well, I mean, I think I just said it. The number one thing is communicate your expectations for the event. Be clear. Be demonstrative. This is what we are what we were trying to do. When you do that, when you are clear and you communicate your expectations for your event, it gives players the ability to sign that social contract with their attendance. Hey, I'm coming to your event. I'm, I'm coming. And that means I am signed on for what you're cooking over here. I'm going to eat what you're cooking over here. I like what you, I like, I, I like what you got laid out. You know, and, and also if you can involve your potential I- I- attendees to gain their engagement, build the expectations collaboratively. What do you guys want to see? Do you guys want to see a small point event, a big point event, less ca- more casual, more competitive? What do you want? You know, I've always found that if you can get people to be involved in those discussions, it increases engagement, which just makes it, it almost gives them like a sense of ownership and it makes it their event, not just your event. I was just going to say to me, to me, the easiest thing in competitive gaming systems to make an event less competitive is like you say, you have that discussion with people, which is at that point, it's an unspoken compact, right? But you just straight up, it's, this is not master's ranking or, you know, for anything. Yeah. And, and straight away, you have less reason to win. Exactly. You know? Well, and you're hitting on one thing too, which is whatever you whatever you say, back it up with your actions. So if you want a fluffy event, tell people. And if mm. and if you really want to have a fluffy event, be willing to kick back a list that you think is over the top. Or to you say, have those difficult discussions with those players, right? Like, I think you make a good point. I mean, theoretically, we almost every almost every tournament is invitational in a way, right? Because every tournament, as the TO, it is your event. You have the right to deny entry. Right. And every mm-hmm. TO, particularly in the States where you guys, you know, play with it a bit more than what we do over here, you're making your own rule sets around the tournament. You know, you have your own things included. You know, you're not saying what the rest of the structure of your list should be. But, um, you know, there, there is there is a, you know, a, a TO element that makes it slightly invitational anyway. You know, it is yeah. not unheard of for players to be uninvited. Right. Like at one of my events, if you get a bad game boat. I'm not going to, I'm going to ask you not to come next year, right? Like if, if you're giving people a bad time, I, I don't, I don't need that. Right. And and I should mention, you know, one of the things that in this discussion, it, it was really their desire to have maybe a less competitive or a more casual style. You don't have to do an invitation to do that. Just make it a narrative event, <laughs> right? Don't keep score. Mm. 
you know, everyone's a winner because you participated. That right there will reduce the competitiveness. You know, you mentioned it. Create a comp pack. If 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 you if you are that worried about it, comps are just moving the goalposts, move them to where they want, to where mm-hmm. your style of play, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and if you get the buy off of the players that are attending, it's it's like the community's comp pack at that. And, and as you said, you don't have to have it be a master's qualifier. If if you're that concerned, then just mm-hmm. say, hey, I don't want to be a master's qualifier. And that's it. It's not a master qualifier. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I I just uh, it's been something that's been bothering me lately. This like this very negative discourse that's happened. And, and you know, I know, I you know Kyle had a a video about it. And it's just you know, in my mind, like it's all unnecessary, right? Yeah, it's, it's just mm. and we just yeah, need to stay focused. I, I, and I, and I can understand the intent. Like I, I actually can understand the intent of having an invitational. Like it's not like I'm, you know. It's not like I have no understanding of that at all, but I don't. I don't agree with the structure around it. Is what I don't agree with. Yeah, and I and I think yeah. At, at some point, you're not making it inc- like you said, inclusive and growth mindset based. It's the opposite. It's the opposite. If you if it's an applicational, it's totally the opposite. Make people opt in rather than mm. having tos opt out. Right. You know, that's yep. it. If you get people to actively engage in that process of, hey, I like what you're doing. I want to come to it. That's what that's that's going to make a great event because they, they understand they've they're signing that contract when they're when they when they know that when you put out your player pack and you lay out all the ground rules, they know what they're signing up for. Right. Mm. And just as a T.O., it's just your responsibility. If someone looks like it's, you know, they're reneging on that that agreement. Make sure you have that conversation. Like, hey, man, this isn't really in the spirit of the event that we've set up, or you know, we we've been we've laid out what the expectations are, and you know, be willing to have those conversations. So, hopefully, this this was worthwhile discussion. I, I you know, it, at the end of the day, we're such a small community. We need to be focused on growth opportunities and uh, mm-hmm. not infighting, right? <laughs> and and and, yeah, and yeah. vitriol. We need we need to be in a, as Jeremy would say, in a growth mindset. We just need to love each other a bit more. You'd, you'd always know when this kind of stuff is bothering Jeremy when he puts a post up about, hey, guys, this is like a little lovey post, you know? You yeah. always know. You always know. Yep. Yep. He's the, he's the, um, he, he writes the ship, Jeremy, doesn't he? You know, he's he the, uh, he, yep, he sees the, he sees the, the tilt. It's starting to tilt too far. And then we get a little Jeremy, you know, a, a Jeremy post to correct the course. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> he brings us back. Well, next up, you want to talk about U.S. Masters? We got some big news. Yeah, and I, I don't, I don't know how public it got. I know you announced it on the countercharge page. I don't recall seeing it in Fanatics. Uh, uh, they're still working on the. Maybe they're still working on the announcement. But yeah, congratulations to the Mountain Region. They got the majority vote, five to three, five regions to three regions, voted for them to host the U.S. Masters in 2023. It's going to be in Omaha. Also. Huge congratulations to Mid Atlantic. They had a hell of a bid. Like this was like a win-win situation. It didn't matter which region got selected; either one was going to be a home run. And you know, I would say at this point, Mid Atlantic's got to be the, the go-to for twenty twenty-four. And hopefully, maybe we can get that. We maybe we can, you know, no promises, but hopefully, we can get that locked down so we can announce something about that. That'd be nice if we can just, you know, have some. Yeah, that'd be that'd be planning. cool to have the future years already planned, wouldn't it? And yeah, um, Super Bowl. But, yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> and I was. I had a look at both the bids, and you're right. I mean, both put out phenomenal, you know, phenomenal bids. And realistically, you know, I don't know how you would choose between one and the other because it's it's between 
two good bids. The the really interesting difference for me was that, uh, as we talked about on the live show this week, was one was dry, one was not. And I, I don't think, looking at it, I don't think that swayed the votes at all. No, what's going to be really interesting yeah. is that you will have a dry Masters this year. Details. Or next year, You'll, sorry. Yeah, let's, talk, mm. let's hit on some of the details. Masters will be July 14th through 16th, 2023. It's the same venue as Bug Eater. So that's a high school, which is why it's a dry venue. Uh, it seems to be super family friendly. It's going to be super family friendly. I mean, it's a great venue. Here's the best part. Best of the rest. There's no cap. There's no capacity limit here. They got more That's space awesome. than they could ever, you know. So if we want to make this 120 man event, yeah. speak to me f- then about where the mountain region, like how many regions can easily travel to mountain to where uh, this is. I mean, really, because I'm, I'm mountain... assuming that's how most of the vote, vote, voting well, goes. Well, I think, I think this more I, often I think, than not, people will vote for ease. I think you're right. I think the vote probably did come down to who could drive there, and you had. Northeast, Mid-Atlantic, and Southeast vote for D.C. because I think majority of their player base was close to driving to D.C. And then South, Mountain, and Midwest, majority of their player base driving distance to uh, Omaha. And then I think the wild card there is Pacific Northwest and West, which they're going to fly. Might as well fly to, the, fly to the closest destination, Omaha. So yeah. I don't, you know, so, you know, but, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it wasn't that. Maybe, maybe it was the fact that we have no cap on the venue, you know, capacity. You know, here's the thing that we didn't talk about. They've got it listed as three days. Mm. We're going to have something on Friday. We have a doubles event. You know, I, I don't know yet, you know, but is, is there a firefight maybe coming? I mean, m- maybe there's an opportunity here to do something really cool that we haven't well, done before, it, which is at a third oh, day. Yeah, turn it into a real spectacle. Right, exactly. It's just, it's um. Oh, I really like the idea of an uncapped best of the rest. You know, if I was in the like, they have an opportunity for an eighty to a hundred player tournament on the side if people really wanted. Do you know? And this is my call out. We're telling you way in advance. Book that vacation time off. Come yeah. join us. Let's make, it make the biggest this event kings of in the world. US has ever we, seen. I mean, we yeah. know we got sixty four players. World. Yeah, yeah, yep. we got sixty four players. That's locked in for Masters. Let's add a hundred for best of the rest. Let's do it. Let's yeah, could, let's go ahead and like so maybe people, maybe 64, people like right? be gobsmacked by the turnout. I, and I think we can. We we can't fill the venue up. Let's just be honest. We can't. And what's really great is this is a venue that even with 100 players and best of the rest, you're gonna have so much space. You because I mean it, it hosts a, a bug eater GT, which is like a multi for a multi system GT uh, in June. It's got hundreds and hundreds of players. You have so much space. I, 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 it's hard for me to convey how much space you actually have. You have a, a, a table to play on and a table for your stuff, and that's for everybody. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, it's, wow. it, yep. it's 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 glorious. Yeah. So because the biggest hope, to date was sixty four plus sixty four, right? A sixty four. Yeah, I think the Northeast event. Yeah, it was like yeah. around sixty, right? So around one hundred twenty. And then I don't know about the UK though. What was the biggest Clash of Kings? Did they have one bigger oh, than one hundred twenty? No, 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 no. No, okay. No, they've. Well, I think they've always been sub 100, actually. But hey, l- yeah. Let's let's go big here, guys. Let's make it happen. Uh, mm. So, it, anybody interested that wants some of the details about the venue or going to Masters, let me know. Um, I'm really excited. You know, Adam Ballard's kind of the, the the linchpin here. He's the guy that's kind of running the show, but he's got a great cast of characters with him. They're going to put on a hell of a show. I can't wait. And I'm assuming non-playing to you. They have like six or seven people that aren't playing. But here's here's the thing. This is for Steve. It's close enough. That means I got the real mics going to Masters next year. <laughs> Not the crappy lavalier mics, which were such a pain in the ass to get to work. So if you do something like that, I don't know how easy 
mountain region is to fly to the UK, but like best of the rest is the perfect tournament to insert yourself into the scene, right? But when I looked at that bid, I saw the names that are prepared to step out and run that bid. And boy, oh a lot boy. of heavy hitters. You know, they're, they're, yeah, they're prepared to they're prepared to back themselves to provide this event. So you can guarantee if you've got six to seven, and we're talking about people, two or three of them who are well, Adams, the current master. You know, I think Travis was Travis. Travis was the bridesmaid in the last previous two years. Yep, yep. And so So, you're talking about people. So you can be guaranteed they're not going to step out for no reason. They're going to be stepping out to put on a baller event. Yeah, I'm excited. Super, super I think it should be a good event. Well, let's take a quick break and then we'll be back. And we're going to talk about the news that the Twilight Kin are getting redone. Hi, this is Rob Berman, and you're listening to Countercharge. And we're back. And so we've had plenty of news this week from Mantic, from the Big Red Book to, well, the new Big Red Book. Uh, and, oh, God, who'd be, a, who'd be a gaming manufacturer, hey? You just get, you can never you get hammered. please anyone. You get you know? hammered. Uh, so, oh, we, so we, we don't want all the books to carry around. All right, no, here's a book to straight. carry around. Like, hey, we don't like your models, but we're going to support you with the book. So then they come up with a new book and they're like, oh, it's too big. You can't win. Oh, you're telling me as a new player, I have to, you know, I have to carry Clash of Kings and I have to carry Uncharted Empires and I have to carry a gamer's edition. All right, here's a book. Oh, nah, too big. Too big, mate. You know, it's just. My hands aren't big enough to carry uh, it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it's, yeah. you know, uh, we're, get to we're the gym and get stuff. some bigger hands. Big, big, big tongue in cheek. But, you know, it's been a, it's been a, it's the same thing that happens every year, right? <laughs> around this time we get these yeah. interesting discussions and in, in, in the whinging but twilight kid yeah. right i don't think people saw that coming that uh, they've been they're going to be removed from the game uh to give them a complete overhaul bravo be bold and i've been saying it all the time be bold and this is bold this is an opportunity made it on record these guys are going away and when they come back who knows what they're going to look like right yeah and if we touch on my episode about armies, what that signals is the Twilight King is staying. So, like, before you get too despondent, you know, what this signals is that Mantic want to make it their own and they're, mm-hmm. they're going to stay. It's just no longer going to be, a, like, that hint of a – like, they'd already moved away from it somewhat, but that hint of a Warhammer legacy army. You know, it's going maybe, to be their maybe, own. Maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe you were right. You're prostitute. Well, you know, yeah, yeah. And I just want to make it clear gonna go I did away. not have in- – yeah, I did not have any inside knowledge, but yeah, but I I think that's a really sensible decision. I I don't think it's necessarily a sensible decision to leave it out of the book because we've still got 6 months or so. Like I can see their thinking yeah. like but to, for mine if I I would have left it in the book but said big public service announcement, you know, in March this will disappear. I think there's a little bit of a feel bad there, but um but for mine, I think the decision I, I over, overall is good. Yeah, I can understand. Like, I think what they're trying to do is say, hey, guys, we're going to make this army completely new. We would rather have you not start a new army and then you have a real fat, feel bad moment when the new list comes out and you find that none of those units exist. Or you're going to have to find new uses for those old models. Again, it's one of those damned if you do, damned if you don't, right? Exactly. So, yeah, there'd, be, uh, there'd be people unhappy either way. And, and when it comes to people that have Twilight King armies, Let's be honest, because of agnosticism, which you can argue what that actually means, right? But the, the idea is Mantic want to, and, and the way Kings is built on base sizes, it's really unlikely you won't be able to use your existing models. Really, right. really unlikely. Because there'll still be infantry, right? There'll still be large infantry, and there'll still be monsters and things. So, But what we're going to see, hopefully, I, I actually have no idea, but I assume it's really the elf part that's getting a rework. Is, is that what your thoughts are? All right, I'm going to speculate here. I don't want it to be the elves part that gets redone. 
I well, here's 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 my scenario. The Night Stalkers have infested the elves in their brains for so long. Mm. You know, they've been they've been moving through the void so long. The corruption is permanent. It's to def- it's deformed them into these these physical monstrosities that, that you <sighs> what was previously an elf is no longer recognizable. You don't know what was an elf. And, you know, and maybe that's like scarecrows ish things that used to be elves, but or maybe it's just something else. Maybe it's you know I don't I don't I I know spiders elf breed you know like the the half elf half spider things already a thing, mm. but something like that like something that's really outside the box that's completely not the traditional fantasy trope. Like if they just go dark elves, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna I just it's you I mean it's a missed opportunity at that point. Like well yeah at just that point straight, there was no point right. There's no point. Exactly. Why, why why launch them just for a new range of elves? And and I think we've we've seen that kind of blend of models. Uh, not suggesting at all that this is an idea that's taken because I think the whole IP side is new. But you know when they re-released the forest spirit type stuff from GW, we saw the you know the the elves blended with trees. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah, I agree. That would be awesome. Some sort of elves blended with night stalkers. They become these monsters that really go bump in the night. And here's what I really want to see. They live in caves and stuff, right? So maybe like a bat-like creature, and the faction is 100% flyers. Boom, I said it. 100% flying army. <laughs> now, they're probably like weak like harpies, right? And it's it's about death by a thousand paper cuts. But yeah. something, put your stamp on it. Make them not just thematically unique. Make them playable mm. unique. Like something about the list is unique to the I, I know you could counter and say, well, Bass Lands can do an all flying army. I, I get that. No, no. I, and, and I think we've seen some history of that recently, like with the halflings, right? Halflings yeah. have some 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 unique things in their play style that we haven't seen before. Yeah. Um so I absolutely hope they give them that treatment. My worst fear is that either the Dark Elf route or God forbid they give them the Slanesh route, like, oh, were they're like the super fast and dangerous uh elves so they're going to be all speed nine and ten i i just i don't know there's an opportunity here to do something completely mantic and i just hope they figure that out whatever that is and i hope it's thematically unique so that there's nothing else like it in the in 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 panathor and there's nothing else like it in the rule book like this is wow this unique this army has a completely different play style it's not alpha strike it's not all i don't know what 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 it is what that is but it's something counter everything we've already seen here's an idea there's some big bad armies right that are like the boogeyman's well maybe this becomes the count the counter to that boogeyman i don't know well you know the 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 other thing that it does is if they take it down that unique route something like you've been talking about is it means there's no alternative miniatures as well right because most alternative miniature manufacturers or stls go on old fantasy tropes Right, so they're just variations on variations, and it's just which models do you like better? But if you go down this blend, like you're talking about, like yes, you can pick and choose, but you're not going to find a range anywhere that exactly fits that, unless someone does it after the fact, right? So give Manning an opportunity to say, "Boom, here's a new idea, and here's a new complete model range. Shut up and take my money," you know. Well, and let's <laughs> be honest, they also have to deliver, right? Like they have to. That, that sculpting needs to be on point, and it needs to be. It's got to make people go, man. This is amazing. They're capable of it. We've seen. We've. They're, 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 they're capable. They miss. But um, yep. you, you'd imagine that they're a reasonable, given the timeline. Ronnie was suggesting in that in that post. I think he was saying, take it down off Easy Army in March or something for a release later next year. 
I'd imagine they must be reasonably advanced in their ideas around this army. Um, I'd imagine so. So what I'll actually I'll reframe that. I'd imagine they're probably reasonably advanced in their ideas of the aesthetic of this army. Uh, I doubt they've written the rules, um, but but I, I'd say it's probably imagined what they want it to be already. Mm-hmm. And here, let me say this final thought: no matter what they do, Chris Davis is not going to be happy. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, Chris. Yeah, I know. You, I know you say you don't have to be positive to like something, but you know, it wouldn't kill you, mate. It wouldn't kill you. Give us I like that idea a comment, please. One, one, once. Give me Just a thumbs once. up, at least once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let, can we do the countercharge Christmas and and draw Chris for me? And Chris, all I want, all I want is not a model, but a letter saying, I like the ideas behind Twilight Kim. Yeah. And I'll frame it. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> good segue. Good segue. Because the last thing we wanted to talk about was kind of a little PSA here, which is, you know, we, we hinted that there's tons of changes coming. And this is the same thing that happens every year around this time with Clash of Kings. Obviously, it's a little different now that Clash of Kings, Uncharted Empires, the main gamers edition are all getting rolled into one book. I get it. Lots of potential changes that have been bantered about. There's been a few RC posts that some people have taken uh, issue with. Just just, just as a reminder, you know, uh, we're a community. We're not that big. <laughs> be kind. You know, treat each other the way you want to be treated. And keep in mind, too, with the RC, they are volunteers. They're doing it out of the love of the game. You know, they're human. At least I think I think they mostly are, right? I think they, they're mostly human. Most, uh, mostly. So, yeah. yeah. So there's, I don't there's know. a couple that have never seen the lot of day, so I don't really know. But <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's frustrating sometimes when, you know, you get these really long, contentious discussions, that, that even toxic, over a one particular change, which is being argued out of context. You've got to have the bigger picture. You've got to have the context to really understand the implications of the change. Have a ha- have a conversation, but at some point you just kind of have to realize you can talk about it till you're till you're blue in the face, but you don't know all the details. So, what you're saying today might you you might change your tune. Mm. I don't know. Yeah, and look, I'm I'm excited. I I think I think mostly what we're going to get from this book is is stuff we probably already know. Like it's rolling in the FAQ. I I think we'll see some. We're going to go back to a probably a, a nerf style Clash of Kings where there's you know a few things that need a knock on the head, get a knock on the head. And I don't think the actual unit changes are going to be massive, and I, I don't I don't know that for a fact, but I don't think they will, which I think is a good thing because I think the last one was so big, you know that that uh, we're still exploring that. You know, we we saw this for the last year. We've been we've spent talking about ogres, 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 right? And then they did quite poorly at Masters. So I think we'll see a swing to something else. I mean, Night Stalkers will obviously get a knock on the head in some form because they need it Um, because we also talked about Night Stalkers yet and they delivered and continue to deliver. Um, But, you know, I'm excited that we're going to get to keep exploring a massive change that we've already had, but in the context of a little bit more balance and with some extra stuff to have a look at. And, And like you say, I just think, we don't know everything, you know, so I'm, I, I'm prepared to to sit back at this point and just see what we get. And let me be clear too. Like I'm not, I'm not a play tester. I don't have any inside information. So just like you, I, I'm, I'm super excited. I am like, I'm, I'm Jones and I, I'm, I'm impatient. I want it. Right. We're mm. not that far away. We're like a month away. Just relax. And once it comes out, you know, let the gnashing of the teeth begin, I guess, you know, <laughs> you know, if they, you know, nerf your unit, I get it. You know, it's, it's hard, but at the end of the day, 
we always adjust, right? Like the changes, we roll with the punches. And I think on the whole, the changes they've made over the years have been positive ones. Mistakes happen. The the good thing about mistakes is we only have to deal with them for a year because Clash of Kings will recorrect it the next year, right? With those mistakes, they're usually few enough that there's counters somewhere to that mistake anyway, right? So if you did see an explosion of one type of unit, well, there's probably another type of unit somewhere that'll counter it, so you'll see an explosion of that. Like, So there's this constant back and forth that comes out because of changes. Just because something looks bad or not right in isolation doesn't mean that it can't be corrected within the existing rule set. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pumped. I'm, and, I'm, you know, I'm looking forward to it. For those that aren't been paying attention, make sure you watch that blog. That Mantic blog has been... Uh, they had a great interview with Matt James about some of the changes. Indeed. Oh, they put out an end-of-the-year roadmap, and the new two-player starter set is awesome. So good. Hard Plastic oh, Ogres yeah. and Hard Plastic EOD, Empire of Dust. Ooh. Sign me up. I'm ready to go. To me, this might have been one of their best choices for a box set yet. We, uh, You and I talked about this before we went, uh, before we started recording, but the, the previous one was not bad with Goblins and Ratkin and their new Hard Plastics, but I think still... Still, rats are still, they're not a super popular army. So you've put an army that, yes, you've got new hard plastics, but they're not necessarily an army that sells, I don't think. And yeah. and unfortunately, the Rift Forge Orcs just don't have the vibe that the Halflings do. Whereas I think Empire Dust and Ogres, oh, yeah, there's some jam there. That's nice. Ooh. Oh, yeah. And those new hard plastic Ogres are Ace. Uh, it's going to make, from what I understand, the infantry versions of the Ogres, the Boomer versions. There's a resin upgrade kit to make the shooter hordes, you know? So I'm super pumped. Mm-hmm. And hard plastic chariots. Amazing. Oh yeah. Man, this is this is this this is a, a plastic frame that is ripe to be leveraged. We're talking goblins, orcs, ogres. Let's give it to everybody. Yeah, I I think this could be one of their best plastic releases yet. Yeah, because I I love their yeah. Um, let's be honest, their their imagining on ogres is not necessarily anything that different, right? You know, they've got some different characters that we we haven't seen before, but I think overall, you know, I I, I do love the aesthetic of their newer ogres more so. I think it's going to be a two player set that goes big. Oh, for sure. And if you haven't seen it, please go check it out. The uh, artwork for the Sandborn Worm Riders. Oh my gosh. Mm. Oh my gosh. I don't play EOD, but I may start. <laughs> yeah. Right. I may have to yeah, dust yeah. off the old Tomb Kings. I mean, this just a, a bone, a big giant bone snake written, written on the back with, you know, some cool uh, rider. And what, what I think is cool, I can't really tell, but when you look at the picture, doesn't it look like that might be the, the skeletal version of the regular Worm Rider, which I think is awesome. Which makes yeah, yeah, sense. as in basically occupies. Yeah, if if that is the case, I'd need to go back and have a look. If that's the case, that's a great idea, isn't it? You know, it's yeah. it's basically saying we've got these types of worms that inhabit Panathor, and now we've got an alive version and a dead version. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, that's cool. Super yeah. pumped. Well, what else you got? Me, uh, I don't, I don't think I've got much else. Uh, I basically did my shout out in the announcements to try and get people signing up for for Moab. I, um, yeah, I think we'll obviously do a show on the new book when we get the chance. Uh, I've had a chat to Kyle about that. I'm going to talk about the new rules of play. I, I'm a siege, I'm a siege junkie. I have a huge, obviously, I'm a train junkie, so I have a huge castle with all the siege equipment. Mm. Ready to get that back out. The the ambush rules. Uh, we might have to get we might points, have to get right? Mark uh, back on. To... Funny story, you know, I, I I filled in for Jeremy on a on a narrative workshop episode. 
I felt yeah. I was channeling my inner Mark. Yeah. So yeah, we'll probably have to get Mark back on. He's it's been a while. It's overdue. Yep. And I think so. Yeah. So we've got an episode from oh, that'll be two episodes, won't it? Jer- Jeremy's and well now yours narrative workshop. So there's yeah. I don't know if he's going to sit you together for his one or two. Yeah, I don't know. I'll leave it. Yeah. Jeremy's got computer issues, so once that gets resolved, he's promised. And unlike Alex, it'll actually come out at some point. <laughs> and i just yeah. throw, throw, throw uh, a little shade, let's throw a little shade on the canadian yeah let's do it but i'll I, I tell you what looking forward and looking at the roadmap and things like that 2023 is looking like a bumper kings of war year well if we got oh we didn't even talk about the app you know that there i know no. i know you know i'm I could take or leave an app. I know there'll be plenty of people that are excited about it. You know, for mine, it's all about how it does and, um, you know, how it's designed and how it's looked. I just hope they've got a professional involved. Yeah. For me, if I'm going to use an app, I just want it to look pretty, man. You know, I just don't. I mean, like, polish, I don't, I'm not using it. I'll be honest yeah, with you. I, yeah, I, I don't if want some. If it's not pretty, some, I'll, I'll just stick. Yeah. Stick with I don't want some, app. like, ugly battle scribe version. Yeah. Give, give me sure. something that looks nice. Like, to me, user interface is everything. It's one. It's one of the reasons I love tabletop tournament software you know that we that we were using is because it's just it's pretty it's neat it's set out well so I, I hope i hope that's what we get um but one good thing about an app it, it does give mantic an avenue to push out content to people i think that's really the benefit for mantic is if they get an app on people's phones then you can boom here's some content in your face you know this is what you've got so i, I think that's the benefit to them so i think from a from a Mantic point of view, I don't think it's a bad idea at all. Absolutely. Hopefully uh, your family gets to feeling a little better. I know that the COVID bug is hit, hit, hit you guys pretty hard. Yep, yep. I'm the last standing at the moment. So uh, family holiday cancelled that we're meant to be going on. So, uh, but yeah, we'll get through. We'll get through. You know, we're just going to join the rest of the world. I've lasted Growth three mindset. years without getting it, mate. Growth, Growth mindset. <laughs> Opportunity to paint. Opportunity yep. to get your models <laughs> finished. Yep, so, absolutely. Yeah, I'm going to get yeah. some hobby done and unfortunately probably be forced into the garden because if you're isolating, you're still allowed in your garden. But uh, <laughs> we'll see how we go. You got anything to finish up with, mate? Nope, I think that's it. I think we've, right. we've set our piece. As you know, Let us know if you like the A-team. Yeah, because I'm happy to get up at 5 a.m. and keep recording with you, mate. That's right, good. that's right. Yeah, that's yeah. It. Thanks for joining us tonight. And until next time, keep counter-charging. <laughs>